20 by 14 Reflections on Studying Architecture Abroad The Podcast Drop it, the stereotype, like it's hot Stereotypes exist and we all know what we are speaking of when we speak of stereotyped college students This is particularly true while abroad where language barriers sometimes act as noise in the understanding of things and episodes. Stereotypes often become lifebuoys to skip decisions. The experience of studying abroad is losing its original meaning because of the standardization of expectations. The to-do lists filled by the students before departure are shared on social media and copied by most. It does happen that the whole experience ends up being completely standardized and stereotyped as regards both to expectations and accomplishments. Okay, today we have uh, Alessandro Ayuso, who is, uh, first of all, a, a great friend of mine, but also an academic, an educator, architect, and an artist. Not going to say how we became friends because I'm more or less sure that he will quote this in the, in the answer he's going to, to give us. Buongiorno, Alessandro. Buongiorno. And Thanks so uh, much for having me, Franco. <laughs> no problem. I think that this, the history of each one of us are made of, of our friends. So I think that putting together all these episodes and all these friends, we will give a, a nice picture of who I am and what I did in the last uh, in the last year. Yes. Okay. Okay, Alessandro, can you please share with us your main being abroad experiences, both as a student, as an architect, as an educator, as an individual? There's, there's many of them, and they're really important, um, I guess, in just forming me as an architect, or, uh, architect educator, and individual. Um, yeah, and I think, I think probably w when I was thinking about this, what struck me is that being abroad came to me first, um, and I think that was in the form of my first year teacher in architecture school who was this woman named Pia Sarpaneva, um, who's a, a native of Helsinki. And she kind of brought this kind of European attitude. I mean, she's just a, a wonderful teacher, but she, she brought a, a sort of different culture to bear, I guess. Um, and, and I guess it was interesting to see her just relish being a visitor um, to the States and just kind of taking the plunge. And yet sort of retaining, of course, her own, uh, you know, sense of belonging to, to uh, and, and there were certain things that she did. I mean, things like um, on the first day of class when she was calling role and she called my name, embracing the, the um, you know, what, what I thought was the strange sounding name that I was avoiding for like all through my teenage years. She goes, no, that's, that's an architect's name. That's your name. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of set the tone right there. And I feel like, um, I think that's really important when, when the visitors come to you. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other things about Pia that made her really important for me, um, you know, outside of, of, of the, even the idea of being abroad. And then if I just think about my education, there were so many moments. I mean, even as an architecture student, not as, not as part of the coursework, I had visited San Francisco a couple of times and being 
an East Coast kid, even that seemed like a little bit of a different universe, you know, and it was so like intoxicating and exciting to be there. And at that time I was skateboarding and <laughs> doing other stuff that, that I wouldn't do at, at this at this point. But it was a kind of really interesting way to see the city at that moment. Um, and we used to make trips to New York, you know, which being in Virginia was also kind of another world and had that kind of intoxicating excitement. So we didn't even really, I guess, getting to your question of like what being abroad means, which is maybe a later question, but you don't even have to go that far necessarily um, to kind of have that experience. Yeah. And and of course, then, then there were kind of slightly more official trips. Like I went with my good friend, Jeremy, we went to Denmark and we helped a, a person who's now a, a great friend, uh, Reagan Schwein, we helped him build a house in the Jutland in Denmark for a summer, which if we can get into the stories later, but that was a really incredible experience. And then, and then, you know, you know, the other one that was very important um, for me, which was studying in Florence. Um, and that was for, for an MR years later. And there, you know, the, it's, it's hard to even, the, the list is long of all the kind of formative things that, that happened there. Um, you know, not least just seeing all these amazing places. Urbina, Urbino, Rome, first time in Venice, the whole Vicenza, Verona, etc. And then, um, you know, I guess being being taught by Francisco Sanin, um, who also I would consider a good friend at this point, um, who have kept up with, you know, over many years. And of course, like getting to the story of how we met. At that time, you were a, a visiting critic to the Syracuse MR course in, in Firenze. And uh, you had presented your work, uh, which was really super interesting. Um, and then you were, yeah, you were our critic. And so we had sort of established a bit of a dialogue there, although you probably didn't even remember me at that point. I was probably just one of the many students that you would have uh, run across. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of years later that I had visited Florence again and sat in a review at uh, at Syracuse. And then I was like, I think I know you. Oh yeah, I do know you. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I think I think that's just been so important, obviously, because not only did, it, did I see incredible architecture, um, but I met some wonderful people that continue to be great friends. Um, and I guess I should say that also going to Florence really influenced me a lot in terms of the topic that I'm interested in, because I'm interested in, in figures and architecture, and they're always just exposed to this kind of um, fi figural ornament from the Renaissance, and just sort of immersed in that, you know, walking by Orsan Michele every day and seeing the niches of uh and then it keeps going because I, I think i think i'm just so taken by this idea of kind of being a visitor um that i kind of i kind of live that now because then i went to um i went to get the phd at the bartlett so i moved from new york to uh and i think i think for me london is is this kind of perfect balance where i think um visitors are kind of accepted with open arms they're really they're really valued um, yet I feel like I feel very comfortable here, um, and the city itself is just so um, rewarding because it's always kind of revealing new things. There's always another corner to turn, or um, 
little little nook or alleyway or building to find um and it's just so vast um and so kind of multi-layered and has so many different kind of enclaves of different types of people and neighborhoods and textures that it it just it's sort of been like this you know limitless well that that just continues to surprise me so i mean just and this is just talking really about things that are kind of in the academic realm not even and this is and this is just as a student um but i think even just talking about those things really shows how much you know studying abroad has been a huge impactful thing in my life thank you alessandro nice i really appreciate the fact that uh... In reality, you already answered some of the questions I shared with you uh, before uh, beforehand. And uh, uh, let me go straight to uh, question number four, which is something you didn't you didn't cover. And then I'm pretty sure you have uh, you have things to tell us about it. Can you share with us if you had some? an episode of unexpected formative misunderstanding dealing with being abroad that remained impressed in your background. I'm speaking of those moments that makes you feel uncomfortable, but then uh, after a while you realize have been uh, informal but very formative uh, moments. Yeah, I can think of a couple and, and they kind of might seem minor or kind of anecdotal, but somehow they seem really significant to me so so the first one was um during the trip to denmark that i talked about that i took as a as a undergraduate architecture student um and the way the arrival worked is that my friend jeremy and i well first of all we flew through london which was my first time in london and ironically we hated it which i think is almost like a testament to <laughs> why london is interesting because it was sort of so impenetrable to us because we only had a day there and we just didn't we just didn't get it i think um but anyway um when we when we got to copenhagen you know we met we met uh reagan and we were working in his uh in his flat on the kind of final bits of the design of the house, which was a wonderful experience really, just kind of like getting off the plane, going right to this flat and just getting into design. Um, and his his flat was really just his office. Um, but then we went and took a break and we were walking around the city and essentially uh, Reagan pointed to what, what, were, what were basically dumpsters. <laughs> and he said this is where we're we're going to live in something like this on the site <laughs> and jeremy and i just looked at each other like what and we just we didn't we didn't know what he was talking about um and finally we kind of figured out that he had actually devised this whole strategy of getting shipping containers uh moved moved to the site in the jutland which was out in the fields in denmark being next to these bins and going like, wait, we're gonna live in a dumpster, <laughs> and then and then and then you know have it all kind of come together. And then I think that just feeds on to the you know that whole summer being a really important experience for me um, because it was sort of building up the means of producing architecture from square one, you know, from fr from nothing. You come to the the empty parcel of land, 
and you go, okay, we have to we have to be able to live here and and make architecture here, um, and then and then you know setting up the ground so that the crane can lower the shipping containers, and then literally building, you know, the shelters for the for the bathroom, building the shelters for the for the workshop, and then sleeping in a shipping container for a whole summer, which was quite an experience as well. But you know, that was wonderful. It's great. I wouldn't have it any other way. And then the other one that I can think of. Um, in, in Firenze, which on its face seemed kind of negative, was that I had brought, um, I'd actually bought a bike in Florence. Um, and then I had brought my New York chain, because at that time, I don't know if it's still like that, but in that era, if you were cycling in, uh, in, in New York, you had like the serious, um, like messenger approved kind of kryptonite chain that was like the square links, um, this massive thing you'd put around your waist. So I had brought that. Everyone thought I was absolutely insane because I had I had bought a racing bike, was riding that, that around Firenze, which of course is not what people do. They ride a kind of Dutch bike that's a beater, you know, <laughs> you don't ride your racing bike around. And then I had this massive chain strapped around me. Um, and I went to a friend's house um, for just for dinner and 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 some drinks, um, and of course, you know, my Italian's rubbish, and even then, it was rubbish. Uh, and there was this little, very tasteful sign in the stairwell of the building um, that said something to the effect of "Don't lock your bike here, or we'll do horrible things to it." Um, of course, totally oblivious of that, I locked my my bike up with my massive chain went off to, you know, make myself essentially uh, comatose with drink and food and came out late at night and was trying to stick my key into the lock. Of course, it, it wasn't working. Um, and after, <laughs> after kind of uh, a few failed attempts, I realized they had super glued my lock, which then sent me off on this whole adventure where I went back to the bike shop. I was trying to figure out like, oh, what can I do here? My bike is stuck in this thing and I'm afraid they're going to, you know, whoever did that is probably going to start dismantling my bike the longer I send. I, I keep it there. Um, and so then someone had overheard the conversation and he turned out to be i wish i remember that i have i have his monograph somewhere but it's a he was a really accomplished painter this guy and he just happened to be in the bike shop and then so he invited me to go next door where he was renovating this massive space um and he was showing me his paintings and all this stuff and he gave me on loan just a um like an angle grinder with a with a diamond tip blade so then I went to the to the um, you know went back and cut this stupid chain off and got my bike back, but it was just this really nice moment of kind of having this you know silly mishap that was like a headache, and then kind of having this whole other um, relationship kind of opened up and seeing this little part of the city and you know just kind of um, I don't know having this moment of a kindness of a stranger and that kind of um, you know. It, it, just serendipity, I guess, which is kind of what you want out of the study abroad moments. So I, I, that one kind of sticks with me, even though it's not really related to architecture per se. I think it's a really nice, really nice moment. And I think that's, it's kind of why you sign up for those things. It's for those kind of unexpected moments and unexpected meetings and, and kind of misadventures that seem horrible, but then they go right. Great. 
Great, really great. I mean, that's a good topic for, for another book. Uh, what belongs to architecture and what doesn't, which is yeah, absolutely, uh, which is a absolutely. really tough uh, uh, question. And yeah, those were great episodes that actually I didn't uh, I didn't know. So I'm learning, even <laughs> if I know you from uh, uh, from long time. Uh, a last question, which is um, kind of surprise surprise question because it's not listed in what we shared, but uh, I really uh, loved your position that uh, to be abroad, you don't have to be abroad physically, but sometimes being mm. abroad is something that uh, can start. And somehow uh, being abroad has uh, uh, influenced completely your uh your life from university mm. from university on another uh, another reason we uh, we know each other is because uh, as many other friends that will be uh hosted in this post uh, in this podcast you are a member of the so-called uh, marco frascari family world uh, worldwide <laughs> And mm -hmm. this is uh, this is uh, strange because uh, I never had uh, Marco Frascari as a professor in my life, even if I knew his writings. But uh, only going on in my academic career uh, with uh, students uh, uh, abroad, I discovered that a lot of uh, the friends I get together. Uh, really well have somehow something to do with Marco and I know that uh, Marco has been a formative person for you but and uh, I'm not going to speak about Marco here but I'm just asking you uh, do you remember the first time you met Marco yeah I mean I'm so glad you brought this up because um, I can't I shouldn't let that I shouldn't let that uh, go unmentioned that just the the kind of encounter with with marco and even actually going to the washington alexandria architecture consortium you know i had been studying in blacksburg which 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 at the time and it probably still is it, it was a it was a wonderful place to study but it was kind of isolated in the in kind of southwestern virginia um and i kind of took a risk in a way I kind of stepped outside of my comfort zone. And again, it's not going very far. It's just the other other side of Virginia, basically, um, outside of DC. Um, but it was kind of its own different world with its own way of working. Um, and, it, and, it, and a totally different environment, you know, being like in the boundaries of the DC diamond. And I just decided to take the plunge because Marco was there really. And I knew that, you know what what he had to offer was something that was just so special um and i don't remember the exact like first meeting with him i think yeah i can't remember the first time that i met him i think he was yeah i think i, I think um I, you know that relationship you know grew over time where where i i i like to think that we had some sort of um i think we definitely had a sort of common interest and obviously i was interested in what 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 he was doing um and i think after after a bit he realized that i was i was really pursuing a lot of those things that that you know were were 
were his topics of interest. I mean, obviously he had <laughs> much more developed <laughs> ideas and uh, and such an array of of you know topics that that he was an expert and um but but i think yeah at first i don't think he really cared about me at all <laughs> he didn't know why <laughs> i was just another student you know he wasn't mean to me but um but i think that's something that over time we got to know each other a lot better um and uh for me that was something where i was just so hungry to hear his stories because you know marco mostly taught through through narrative and telling stories and um i just couldn't get enough of those i was just yeah um i, I aspired to be that that brilliant of a teacher but but i think marco just had a knack for storytelling and for kind of embedding these super profound ideas and really complex concepts into things that were very digestible and kind of immersive you know through his storytelling and I just couldn't get enough of those. So I had only planned to stay there for a semester and then I was gonna go back to the mountains, uh, to Blacksburg. But but I remember Marco just going, I was like, well, look, Marco, it's this has been so great. And I think I just have to head back now because I've planned this whole thing out. And he goes, but we're just getting started. We have so much more fun that we could have. And then I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> So then I wound up staying there for two years, and, and that was the right decision. It was just wonderful. Yeah, great to hear. Uh, thank you for your contribution, and thank you uh, in particular because you ended your your contribution speaking of uh, the importance of storytelling. Next episode mm. will be episode uh, eighteen. And uh, it is uh, titled "Tell It Too." And in epi in the chapter eighteen, uh, I of the book, I spoke of the importance of storytelling and narrative in teaching and learning uh, architecture. So that's a perfect introduction to the the next uh, episode. Alessandro, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us that uh, were super uh, funny entertaining but in a in a serious way which is uh, exactly what i was expecting uh, from uh, from you thank you and uh, up to the next chapter ciao alessandro